Welcome to another episode of Tales from the Tables with your host, Rob Radley, John Charles Ciccarelli, James Burroughs, and Damian Hallwood. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Tales from the Tables. Unfortunately, today we don't have James, although our intro would have you think otherwise. Yeah, mm. he's, he's um he's busy dealing with some family matters. But of course, we do have myself, JC, and Damien. Hello. Hey guys. Hello. How are we all doing? Good, good. Can't yeah, very well, thank you. And James is with us in spirit. Let's be real. Yeah. He always is. Of course. Yeah, yeah of course. So I can hear him chiming in now from yeah. work from his from his office hours at work. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So how how have your uh, weeks been good? Yeah. Well, day one Thursday, aren't we? Yeah, Thursday. Yeah. Week. Over the hump day, pretty good. Yeah, Can't yeah. complain. Could, but who would who would listen? Standing, standing <laughs> on your tiptoes, you can see the weekend. Yeah, yeah. just about. Just about. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of a couple of great D and D games this week. Um, I've been nice. reading a new uh, adventure module I've got for not D and D for Fallout. Um, I pick up Whoa. the Winter of Atom uh, oh, campaign sweet. book. Okay, so cool. that's a fun read. Yeah, how's that? It's really fun. I think the Fallout world is so vivid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's got yeah. so many great factions and monsters and uh, even dungeons. It, 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 it has its, you know, the vaults going oh, yeah. underground yeah. and discovering ancient history and lost artifacts from a world long gone by. It's very D&D, just with a... With a post-apocalyptic a Post-apocalyptic, yeah. alternate past, alternate future aesthetic. So... I guess the question is, um, what's what's that uh, giant monster in it? The the real uh, difficult ones that you find at places. The death claws are death the claws, death claws yeah. like the tarasks of the Fallout campaign. Uh, they they look a lot like a tarask now. If you think about the the two artworks together, yeah. um, they are definitely terrifying. But being much smaller and therefore much faster and mm. more prevalent. Mm. Uh, I'd say in some ways they're maybe a little more frightening than the Tarasque. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> that's a cool idea. At the risk of making this podcast, once again, the deep dive into the RPGs we wished, do they have an Elder Scrolls TTRPG? Because I'm surprised if they don't. No, this uh... is interesting, actually. I've pondered this because the the, the game is, uh, the RPG is produced by Modifius, who also produce a tabletop war game or skirmish game equivalent of... Uh, Fallout, Fallout, right. and they have also done a tabletop miniature skirmish game of the Elder Scrolls, and so at least to me, it seems almost a matter of time before they would, yeah, bring There's Elder Scrolls no TTRPG. Elder Scrolls TTRPG, that's wild, isn't that wild? Yeah. It kind of is, considering Skyrim's mega popularity and the fact that you know this series has been around since late nineties. And it is very rich in lore, and it like could so easily be adapted into its own system or or to five E. I'm sure there's at least a five E conversion out there. I'm sure. I'm sure that someone is. has someone has done something. Um, I've actually genuinely thought about um, doing a TTRPG uh, or or running five E um, in a Morrowind slash Skyrim setting for sure. Cool. I suppose yeah. that's all it really is. Is I, I I wouldn't be surprised if Modifius are working diligently behind the scenes to turn it into a, an actual RPG using yeah. undoubtedly on using their two D twenty system. Um, but if not, it really is just the setting uh, mm. that mm-hmm. would be the you know you would only really need to know the setting, yeah. and the world and the world and most everything else could races and monsters. That's it. Yeah, could yeah. fairly easily be converted because it's all you know dragons and orcs and things like that. So. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it's all you got to do is just set it in a fifth edition system, yep. right? And you can just oh yeah, it, you? doesn't matter really, yeah. does it? Yeah, you or any any system of your choice, I suppose, yeah. right? But it's just it's the five yeah. E is the popular one. Yeah, mm. Mm. Um, I'm, I'll be the man in the chair. I got to look this up. Yeah, oh there it is. Wix Elder Scrolls D and D five E conversion USC ooh U E S T R P G wiki. Uh, Unofficial Elder Scrolls. I don't know. I, I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure. Yeah, it will be. It will yeah. be. I, I, I would be very surprised if um, if they haven't realized that they could really cash in on this 
Yeah. You know, they've got, they've got the whole, like that IP is just fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. And also as well, like you think about it, you've got all of the, because obviously when you look at Skyrim, that's just one area of that whole massive continent that there are. Oh, yeah. isn't it? You yeah. know, you've got, you've got, you've got uh, Hammerfell, you've got mm-hmm. Elsewhere, uh, Ellsworth, Morrowind, yeah, Morrowind. What else? Uh, High Rock is where the High Elixir Rock. from, I think. Yeah. yeah. Where was, um, where, was, where was Oblivion based? Because Oblivion was the other... Cyrodiil. Cyrodiil, that's right. And, that's and, the Imperial also, Central con- uh, country. Yeah. yeah. And also Oblivion as well, of course. You right. Know, you could right, yeah. The literal like other plane. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically their Avernus or their Nine Hells or maybe their... Absolutely. Abyss, if you prefer. Oh, man. Yeah. They're, they're, miss- they're missing a freaking trick if they haven't got, if they haven't got that sorted out. It's yeah. huge. The miniatures, yeah. the miniatures that Modiphius make for it are lovely. So if you're looking for alternative D and D miniatures, that and they're all three D printable. They do them for Fallout and for um, Elder Scrolls Ooh. and uh, and Star Trek as well. They've done some for the Star Trek RPG oh, too. Wow. Okay. Um, nice. Which cool. has dacked off a little bit. Fallout. There's all the scenery and the the old cars and the red rocket mm. uh, station and everything. Um, so nice. yeah, really pretty if you're looking for miniatures. I actually did find a a wiki devoted to something called the Elder Scrolls Delvebound, which is the unofficial Elder Scrolls tabletop role playing game based on Fifth Edition. So, in other words, they use that as a as a platform, like as a grounding platform. And then you have your heritages instead of your races, which include obviously the Altmer, Argonian, Bosmer, Breton, Dunmer, Imperial, Khajiit, Nord, Orsimer, and Redguard. Um, and then classes, and they're not all five E classes. There's some stuff in here like crusader rather than paladin and spell sword doesn't necessarily specify what that is unless i click on it and night blade and necromancer these are like individual things so plus i've always really appreciated um the elder scrolls schools of magic i've always really liked their division of it the restoration conjuration alteration sort of schools that was Kind of coming into D and D and realizing those weren't the schools of magic, I was th- a little thrown off. I was like, "Huh, what? There's no restoration school that counts as evocation, which is the same spell as where you can cast for the same school of magic as fireball." What? Yeah. So I I don't know. I I got to check it out. If anybody knows anybody running a five uh, V conversion of Elder Scrolls, let me know. And play it. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd definitely be up for that. I think it's I think it's one of those games that is like you know could easily easily and should rival D, really like it, mm. like that, that there's so much to it and also as well you've got so many people that play that game that yeah. have never played D, right that could easily that could easily be their way in and it, who is it you say you've got it it's Mo, Mo, the guys who do start Modi- modifius yeah modifius. they've got um fallout and elder scrolls skirmish like miniature skirmish games well okay um and of course, the Fallout role-playing game. So, as I say, it surprises me that they haven't done the same thing as yet with mm. Elder Scrolls because mm. it's all under the Bethesda meets Modifius umbrella. So, it feels yeah. like it would be a relatively easy IP to get hold of. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I- I'm sure it isn't cheap, but at least mm. they already have feet in the door. So, yeah, totally, very true. Yeah. Anyway, to jump back to a previous topic, how, how are you, Rob? How was your week? Yeah, pretty good, thank you. I uh, I spent most of um, the weekend. Well, I went down to my mum's actually because uh, she's uh, she's poorly. She's just had an operation on her finger. She's got arthritis and she had like a Ooh. bit of it, bit of it shaved off, like because her, her fingers like all started to like bend and stuff. Uh, so, rheumatoid uh, arthritis. All right. Something like that. Yeah. My mom has that too. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's horrible. So she's had a, a fingers now permanently in this position, like a like that. She said it all yeah. set completely, like this. Um, so yeah, I went down to look after her for a couple of days. Nice. Um, did did the did the shift as it were among the her five children that she has. So uh, you have <laughs> four. Other... You have four siblings. Four siblings. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my twin, my twin brother, my older brother, mm-hmm. uh, my sister, and my younger brother. Wow. So yeah, that's wild. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. T, no TV in the eighties. How come they haven't come to Roll Dark Fest? We gotta, we gotta meet the, the uh, rest of them. <laughs> well, they all live in different parts of the world. So my younger brother Stephen is the is the uh, head of um, Irish swimming. So oh wow, yeah, he's he's cool. the, he's the head coach of Irish swimming. So he he was actually um, a swimmer in the Olympics for the British team. Um, he went to Tokyo and Shanghai and uh, the London Olympics as well. Um, he came fourth 
in the relay, I believe. Oh, that's so, really cool. Yeah, but he did, but he did, but he didn't make it to the because um, he was basically he had like a, a bad thing happen to him. He was at British British swimming camp, and the chain on the um, like row machine broke mm-hmm. and smashed oh. his wrist. So Ooh. he went from being a distance swimmer to being a sprinter, and it basically just completely like wiped his whole career out. Oh man! Um, but yeah, but my my mum used to train Sharon Davis, the Olympic silver medalist. So that's how like so basically my whole family are like swimmers. Right, right. Like they try to and get you're a surfer. I know that much. I'm a surfer. Yeah, I'm a yeah. surfer. Yeah, so I surf. Oh. Very cool. Oh. So yes, yeah, so that's what he does. And then my older brother Sean is a civil servant. Um, working in Salisbury and my sister works at a NHS surgery and my twin brother James has got his own film festival company. Yeah. And what else? I think that's, that's all of them. Well, that that yeah. was all of them. That's yeah. them. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, the me. one in Salisbury <laughs> doesn't have an excuse. That's literally where we'll be for the next World Arc Fest. So exactly. Gotta bring I said, him in. I, do you know what? I said to him, he was supposed to come to the last one and he bloody didn't. Ah. And I was like, I was like, what the hell's the matter with you? Like, you should have come. And he's like, oh, sorry, I was good busy. It's like, all right. I mean, he can make a cameo as like a random NPC yeah. in the in the story of our next one. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I said to him a couple of times, like, come along. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Hmm? It's, I think he's just a bit like, he's. I don't think he does well in, in large crowds. Right, people. right. So, right. yeah, it's a bit funny about that. I mean, hey, tell him it's a room full of introverts, right? A mm. bunch of nerds dressing up <laughs> and playing games. This is exactly what I said to him. Like I've said to, him, I've been like, I've been like, you've, I'm like, Sean, you've got nothing to worry about. You're literally going to be with your people. Like, mm. you've got mm. nothing to worry about. Everyone, everyone feels the same in these situations, you know. And in, in a way, that should kind of empower you to be comfortable because. You know that everybody else is uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> so, you know, so, just, so just, you know, do that. And he's yeah. like, oh, no, 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 no. It's like, all right, fine. <laughs> well, Damien, you're going to be there, right? At the next one? Uh, I'm actually not at the next <gasps> one uh, oh, because no. uh, right. I will be um, pr- almost certainly a, uh, a second time father. Oh, right. Important life things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, not this one. Who's going to be my my sudden secret roommate that I yeah, get to right. hang out with <laughs> until three o'clock in the morning? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm going down to the venue on the first of Feb. So if anybody's if anybody's listening and wondering why there hasn't been any announcements yet as to what's happening and who sat where and stuff, it's just because I haven't finalized the table positions. And what I like to do is I like to go go to the venue, sort that all out, and then once that's all done, I'll then send out emails and things. So. Expect updated emails sort of like around about sort of mid to late Feb mm, nice. on Rollout yeah. Fest 3. Cool. cool. Very nice cool. One. So, yeah. Damien, is there any RPG news this week? There is, yeah. There's a few bits and pieces that uh, be fun to cover. Um, we'll start in the realms of uh, Dungeons & Dragons. Mm. Um, yes. If you haven't already seen, uh, it looks like uh, Wizards with D&D Beyond have done this kind of... Um, this trend of going through the year and looking at the stats of everything and, and seeing what came out on top, uh, much in the same way as uh, sort of things like Spotify and stuff like that do, of kind of summarizing all the, the top listens and things like that. And of course, mm-hmm. with D&D Beyond, it's focused on uh, characters and character sheets and classes and races and names and things like that. Um, and it seems that if you were to... Uh, put together all of the most popular elements of character creation into one character, you would have a human fighter of around 28 years of age named Bob. You've (laughs) got to be kidding. That is the top uh, human, top uh, species, as it will soon or or now be known. Uh, Fighter, the top class. Bob, the top name. uh, And the age, around 28. Oh, for uh, God's sakes! Isn't uh, that isn't that bonkers? The, the most generic, the most generic of things could be the most. Po- so, that's so odd. Yeah, I, I, I mean, be like granted, an elf, elf bard or something, or like a half elf bard. That's that would be my life. I, I've always heard, like throughout the the history of D anD D, that human fighter is ironically the most popular race and class combo, but I never thought it was still. And officially this and Bob. Okay. Like <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to come out with like a big fantasy name, like Elworth or something, but, but Bob, 
What's are wrong we... with Bob? Bob's a nice no, guy. No, we love Bob. Um, <laughs> sure. I'll start calling you that and see how well it goes. I think I, I, think I get called Bob by just my dad, and that's about it. <laughs> hey, Bob. How's it going? And you're like, who? Oh, Bob, right. That's Bob, me. Bob. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> there are... Um, um... Three okay. names. My dad calls me idiot, so I mean, <laughs> we'll take it where we can get it. <laughs> uh, there, are, there are three names that have uh, seen growth uh-huh. uh, over the over the period they were looking at. Uh, Link, Link grew okay. by twenty three percent. I can't imagine why. Um, no clue. The name Link no would be popular in twenty twenty three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, uh, yeah. No idea. The other two uh, are Serafina and okay, cool. Lyra. Oh yeah, Lyra is Lyra is really popular, especially with is like. Is that catching on? Yeah, it's massive. Lyra, I love it. Yeah, I Lyra, think yeah. is, isn't there a character in uh, His Dark Materials named Lyra? Uh-huh. Yeah, she's the main mm. character. Which is, yeah. I'm not familiar with that franchise, so forgive me for my ignorance on it. But um, yeah, that's probably that's probably helped seeing Serafina. I don't know whether whether it's a. Uh, relation to the Seraphim, mm. or there is another character I'm unaware of who's been popular. Probably. Uh, well, I'll I'll do some research. <laughs> uh, level is another interesting one. Uh, the average level is four point seven seven according to their stats. So just under wow. five. Mm. Um, that's the average, meaning the that there's average. outliers, and then most people probably never get past like levels one or two. Yeah, that's that's what that is. Oh yeah. my gosh! Out of twenty that's... levels, four point seven seven is the average, which is amazing. In some ways, kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no one ever gets to fun, fun later levels. There's so many cool things you guys can do at nine. Like nine is a great level to play D and D. That's yeah. where that's just at the at the cusp where the DMs start getting a little exasperated with how yeah. difficult it can become for later for later levels. But it's um oh man, that's such a shame. Yeah. You stay you stay at nine for quite a long time as well, don't you? Like it's, yeah. You can't, oh, for a, it's, yeah, for a good long yeah. while. It's it's a it's a very hard milestone to bump up mm. to ten. Basically, a lot of XP. Mm. Um, but what are what are some of the other stats? I'm really curious. Like, what other other stuff did they share? Uh, they shared a few things. Uh, so um, they said that uh, 180 million characters or NPCs were played. Uh, 88 million monsters were fought or befriended. This is of course D and D Beyond stats. So over and above. Right. This, there is, of course, the world of playing at the tabletop and everyone that doesn't necessarily mm. use the platform. So mm. Mm. Uh, there's that to consider as well. Uh, the most popular uh, claimed item uh, for all of you Baldur's Gate 3 fans, uh, they released character sheets for the party members of that game. And Gale was the most popular. Yes. Gale of Waterdeep, the other human, the other human, yeah. <laughs> basically. Um, <laughs> Uh, I love Gale. He's great. Searches on the mobile app. Uh, 13 million searches with the top searches being Druid and Dragon. Hmm. Um, Interesting. 1.9 million players rolled dice 141 million times. Wow. Uh, wow. Bloody hell. 6 again, million new characters were created. This is uh, just D&D Beyond. This, this is, is just so D&D funny. Beyond. Yeah. Um Character sheets were opened 80 million times. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wild Christ. stuff. So, Very which, cool. which, those numbers on top of the average level at 4.77 with a human fighter named Bob, it just mm-hmm. further compounds the absurdity of those figures. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And many of them being human fighters named Bob. Why? Yeah. I know why, but why? <laughs> oh, man. Amazing! Really cool. Yeah, yeah. So that was a fun, a fun little summary of of the year, and it'd be fascinating to see where that is by the end of this year, mm. uh, with everything that's coming down the pipe for D anD. d Right on. Um, for you parents out there, uh, if you've ever got the ABCs of D anD. d or any of those cute little books, they're doing another one uh, from uh, Dungeons and Dragons called "A Long Rest for Little Monsters." Which will introduce kids to beholders and dragons and that mimics and adorable. all those fun things. Oh. It's got an adorable, uh, beautifully drawn front cover with a beholder with a little nightcap on, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's very cute. On each one of the eye stocks, or just the just central on head? It, the central just head. head. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing, the thing I worry about these is that is that if they 
if you're sort of teeing up the monsters in D&D to be like, oh, lovely, cute, little, cuddly, buddly guys, kissy yeah. guys, what's the shock like going to be like when they when they eventually transfer over to the actual monster manual and realize that the, their beloved beholder who wears a night hat is actually the most maniacal evil badass motherfucker <laughs> that you'd ever this like horrendously vain like you know, mm. you know what I mean? xenophobic like, like, xenophobic mm. yeah it's yeah. <laughs> like it's like slave this, yeah, owning, like slave half half the monsters are are slavers in D D. it's so, terrible yeah um, it's like like the whole idea the whole like world will just be crushed into like <laughs> oh that's not right. Surely the beholders are nice and lovely and they read bedtime mm-hmm. stories. No, they don't. You, you, I guess you soften the transition by like mm. introducing a friendly, smaller beholder that can help you yeah, to right. defeat the evil other beholder. And then that's <laughs> a great life lesson in there being like, yeah. see, there's there's good and evil in everything, honey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. I could, yeah, I suppose you could do it that way. There you go. Yeah, free free dadding advice from the non dad yeah, of the nice. group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. I had some I had some great dad advice the other the other weekend actually. Um, a friend of mine was like, he said like, uh, um, actually, it might I mean, it may have been you, Damien, that gave me this advice. I can't I can't remember exactly who it was. But basically, said when you're reading bedtime stories when they're when they're really little, just read whatever the hell you want. Like literally, like you don't have to read them stories. They're not going to understand what you're talking about. So you could read True. them The Hobbit. You could read them um, any of the Philip Pullman books. You could read them whatever books that you've not got around to reading that you would love. You could just read. Yeah, just read it out yeah. loud. Yeah. Read, you could read the newspaper. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you could you read the Monster Manual. <laughs> that that'll be you. I I picture you doing that, Damon. You're the you're the Monster Manual guy, <laughs> just yeah, cracking nice. open and being like. Ah uh, yes, starting with the very top, CR nine. You know, mm. yeah, the <laughs> Abeleth. Have, yeah. have you guys had? Have you guys ever created your own monsters? Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. One yeah. of my favorite things to do. It, it, really? Like I, I love monkeying around with stat blocks, combining mm. stat blocks, Frankensteining stat blocks, making brand new stat blocks, and thinking of new features and stuff like that. I, that's probably what I spend. I, I not a majority of my time doing for prep for a session or a game, mm. but it's certainly one of my most favorite things I do. Okay, cool. Because I've because yeah. I've because I've done it too. I've got like about um, I think I've maybe made about seven or eight something like that. Nice. But um, it'd be cool to collaborate and make our own little monster manual. Oh yeah, like we could like sell it. We could sell it. Submissions from all the GMs and sell it. Make some money. Yeah, make some money off the people. (laughs) But yeah, you know, why not? Why not? What about you, Damien? You'd you'd surely have done this. I have, yeah, and I I like to tinker with monsters as well. I like to bring monsters from older books into uh, fifth edition too. Mm. I've I've done that a fair amount. Uh, Most recently, I did it with. uh, the pod demon. Uh, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, pod I, demon. I I, I know it's in uh, definitely in fourth edition. I'm not sure if it appeared earlier than that, but it's a super cool kind of slimy plague like demon that sprouts miniature versions of itself out of its, oh, wow. out of its yeah, shoulders. Seeing that, um, oh weird, crikey! And I I I wrestled with what would be its actions and bonus actions, right? Um. Because, uh, and I think this was an ability it had in 4th edition that was fun to convert, is that it can swap positions with any of its minions. So the minion sh- grows and becomes it, and it oh, shrinks wow. down and becomes a minion. So it can switch places That's on really the battlefield. Really cool idea. Um, yeah. Yeah. Great idea. yeah, great idea. And it maintains all its stats as it switches and everything. And Sure. Um, it it has rules for if it, if it starts its turn without any minions, it just automatically spawns them and, and has a, a new collection of them to play with. And I ran it for my home game and it was, it was a really fun encounter to say that it was a, that they're a fairly big group at high level. And to say that mm. it was a, a effectively a singular monster with its little, little grown minions, it ended up being a pretty well balanced fight and, and cool. watching them, their faces of horror when, where it was, shrank down into a little minion and then it reappeared at a different portion of the map and was that attacking so somebody cool. else. Um, wow. I had it able to like overarm its minions across the battlefield and then detonate them like grenades. And right. it was, it was such, I, I love monsters that have loads of utility on the battlefield. Yeah. You can do yeah. loads yeah. of different things to switch yeah. things up. Um, and I, and I'm a big fan of 
uh, it maybe unbalances things a little bit, but making things, making more bonus actions or reactions mm-hmm. than Same. actions. Same. 100%. 100p, yeah. as people say. Um, I, honestly, I, I do that so much. And I think the MCDM RPG will, will see a lot of that. I know their book, Flea Monsters, has a lot of that as well. Almost everything has a bonus action, and many things get a reaction. Just basically more fun things the monsters can do rather than making everything in action or at the very least like expanding the the multi-attack into sort of like a multi-action thing right like instead of just attacking twice or casting a spell oftentimes what i'll do is have the monster attack once and cast a spell of like zero to third level or attack twice you know with a melee attack yeah, um, basically, I, I think I do that a lot. I add reactions and bonus actions to monsters, or at the very least, I give them more that they can do as part of their multi-attack, especially with spellcasting monsters, because it feels like, say, you're, you're, you're having a boss fight, and the, the boss comes with a complement of wonderful spells, but most of them are ranged, and then suddenly four out of your eight guys are crowding around them and hitting them with melee attacks and they can't get out of there right short of a misty step everybody has so at the very least what i do is sometimes buff up a a multi-attack to instead of just making two attacks or having to choose a spell i'll say like you can make one attack and then cast one spell so i kind of make everybody blade singers basically (laughs) um but but at least that way there's some variety and there's more danger and stuff and damien i was so i found it so cool what you were talking about with this pod demon because i just ran into this problem uh not long ago especially with large groups when monsters are surrounded there's so little uh movement options even and and sometimes that's not that big of a deal but like say a monster is meant to be very mobile right like hit and run tactics i'm struggling to think of an example here but um if you have something like that but then immediately three or four people do better on initiative. They get around it. And suddenly for the next three rounds slash 40 minutes of combat, you're just locked into one place. Like the guy can't move. He's making two melee attacks and maybe doing something fun as a bonus action. And that's it. And I don't really get to utilize that movement very much. So something like that pod demon sounds right up my alley, you know, like, I'll send yeah I'll send you I'll send you what I created and you can have a play with it. it it's a lot of fun for that reason just being able to be active on the, on the battlefield, battlefield mm-hmm. surprise players and then kind of get out of dodge yeah. if it needs to um but still within a limit you know it's not teleporting away it's just moving to wherever its minion is the furthest or closest or right, most convenient right. um I had a lot this, of fun. um I had an inspiration so Rob to answer or to kind of build on your question I had this yeah really cool idea that i ripped from the god of war ragnarok game and yeah, spoilers in case you haven't played it but at one point you fight a monster called nithok which is supposed to be the guardian of the world tree it's dragon-esque but they made it kind of look more like a bahir honestly um it could shoot like this crazy energy at you and stuff it had all these kinds of really really Sweet. awesome attacks but the one thing that i found really cool that it could do because it was so massive it didn't have a lot of battlefield mobility but it could literally with its claws tear open rifts in space and reach through the rifts, which would appear and the claw would like eject out of another rift elsewhere on the battlefield and strike you from afar or, you know, from that point. And it was a great way to sort of mess with players being like, okay, you know, it, it swipes up, but you see it tear a hole in the fabric of space in front of you. And then from behind you, another tear comes out Uh and, you're cl- you, you get a claw attack on your back. What's your AC? Oh, it's 24. Well, he misses anyway, but it was still cool. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sick. Yeah, that's it was a great sick. idea for the boss you, for the game. So, yeah. I feel I feel I feel really inspired by this. I think what we what we should do um with the podcast moving forwards because we haven't had we've had very little interaction mm. with our listeners. You're right, we need more. And I think what would be quite would be quite cool would be for them to submit to us a monster that they've created yeah. and 
And we have to like figure out a way to strategize against it, what we would do in a situation or what, what sort of party makeup we would have um, to fight that monster. If we knew that mm. monster was coming at us, like what we think would be really good against it and maybe give like the, the listener a full review on their monster. I love that. A homebrew that monster cool, breakdown. Yeah. I, I really like yeah. this idea. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. So, so listeners, if you have a monster you'd like to send us, please do so. You can email the monster to info at rolldark.co.uk and we'll have a look Boom. at it. Nice I'll one. Get ready yeah, for, cool, it, for several of my players to start sending. So, I know Oak yeah. will rip <laughs> if, something out of the and if we, this game. And if, <laughs> and if we don't get any, we know that no one's listening. Yeah. So, <laughs> here we go. Uh, we'll make up. We'll make up our really own. Lazy we'll, be like, next we'll be like, oh, um, yeah. Jimmy Maldifier has sent us <laughs> a, pot, a, a, a new stat block for us today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> if if you are feeling inspired yourself, uh, listeners, and you, you want more of these ways to spruce up your monsters, aside from bonus actions and, and reactions, a couple of other tips for you um, is legend mm-hmm. reactions. Uh, even if it's a low-level monster, can be fun to, to use. Just oh, throw yeah. them in. Uh, also, uh, mythic actions. If you haven't read um, Mythic Odyssey of Theros, the so the adventure uh, campaign setting from Magic the Gathering for D&D, that includes some horrendously powerful monsters that have mythic really? actions, which when they reach zero hit points, they regain all of their hit points and a whole new suite yep. of abilities. They basically get oh. a new, um, the, the, the mythic actions, which are stacked on their legendary actions. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit! So they so they basically re they yeah, like re energize themselves. Right. Yes. But now like like a like a from well, software there's, boss. There's now a goal <laughs> to the fight. So I know with the yeah. kraken from that, um, there's a named kraken, thrakradimos, uh, something like that. Um, you now have a new cool. goal on that monster, which is to like destroy the hearts of its exposed shell, right? And and, and oh, you can target oh, wow. those weak points, and that's what gives it its new 400 HP. Each each one of the four hearts is 100 HP. I'm I'm paraphrasing. I know that's not exactly it, but um, but yeah, in Mythic Odysseys of Theros, there's also the Medusa, the named Medusa, that has that Hithonia, I think, and then there is a hydra. Oh, it's it was a spider, spider too. That was it. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Spider Queen, very, very mm-hmm. lolf esque. Uh, I think she covers herself in her babies, like she gets a shroud of baby spiders. Yeah. Oh my yeah, just to God. freak you out yeah. more. Really See, cool. Giant spiders never afraid of dealing with those. Lots of baby spiders. No, 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 no. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Her- There's a great horrendous. new module I discovered for uh, Foundry where it's called Swarms. So basically, it animates right. a token and populates the space with versions of it. So in other words, if I have a swarm of spiders and I want to add that into a game in a very visual way, I can drop one token of a itsy bitsy spider in a very, very small uh, space inside of its five foot square. And then suddenly it multiplies that into however many I tell it to. It could be 20, 30, 40. And they all move around in different movement patterns. So they look really visual. And this, as the swarm approaches, they all kind of follow in a line. And when I can I can have it stack <laughs> over a token so it covers the player's token. But you can just about still make out the player oh, token. Great. And they're like, oh, God, get it off, get it off. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. It's a lot of fun. Oh, that's that's. That that conjures up images of the um, King Kong movie oh, that Peter Jackson directed when they when they fall through. Oh yeah! Oh god! What the hell is that all about? I remember watching that for the first time and being like, "What the? <laughs> it was, fuck it was is messed this? up." Andy Circus <laughs> with that where, where with that death scene where he's oh, yeah, where, yep, yep. Where he's that, got that, the four that, limbs and the worms, <sighs> and then the one comes over his head. Ugh. Oh god! It's so <laughs> dark. It I mean, you could tell because because Peter Jackson was a um, a horror director, mm. wasn't he? He was, yeah. yeah. Brain dead, I think was. Brain dead, that's right. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did that, didn't he? So he's obviously like into all that kind of shit. I was just like, oh god, it was really fucking horrible. I love that. In the same way as Sam Raimi with Spider-Man Two, there's the sequence where uh, Doc Ock first gets up after the hospital. Yeah. And the oh, whole yeah, se- yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. sequence becomes this very evil dead the table saw, remember horror that? sequence. <clears throat> the table saw, yeah. the shadows, the way that the tentacles are attacking people, the screams. It's a kind of PG horror yeah. sequence. But you can, if you're a horror fan, you can see right. the roots right. of yeah. horror in it. Yeah, yeah. And the weapon Absolutely. entering the frame yeah, very there. similar in a very Sam identifiably Sam Raimi 
style with Evil Dead and stuff. Mm. Yeah, but it suited yeah. that sequence uh, so yeah, well. Yeah, it The horror of these mechanical limbs with mm. a life of their own. Uh, and yeah, right. even, even Octavius hasn't woken up yet. Yeah. He doesn't he's, even realize he's what down, he's doing. Face down until in, he wakes yeah, right. up. Whole time, yep. Yeah. So, what have I done? What have I done? What have I done? Hello, Peter. I, I I love those guys. That that the, the reunion of the Spider Man and their villains in the in the latest Spider Man movie was so mm. so gratifying and so satisfying. And I was like, oh, mm. it feels kind of early, but then I realized it's been twenty years since the first Spider Man film. Since the yeah, it's, it's nuts. And the moment where uh, I was actually just watching an interview with Willem Dafoe, which if you guys don't watch interviews with Willem Dafoe and you want to feel good about the world and just smile at someone who's just being such a genuine person, watch a Willem Dafoe interview. He's, he seems like the most generous, okay, cool. down-to-earth kind of guy, and he's always happy in his interviews. Like, I kind of want to be his friend. Um, yeah. But hey, Willem Dafoe, mm-hmm. if you're listening, hit me up. Um He's a great, great actor. Yes. Seen the oh my God. Phenomenal. Right. And he's been doing this for so many years mm. and he was kind of just going through his movies. And at one point they, they showed the clip of him in that latest Spider-Man movie. And that, um, you know, Doc Ock is reaching out to him. Norman, Norman, are you okay? And he's like, Norman's on sabbatical, honey. It's so iconic. Yeah. So classic. Yeah. It's really great. Instant one liner right there. Yeah. Uh, so fucking good. Yeah, he was really well cast, wasn't he, as the Green Goblin? There's a lot of talk about how he should have been a Joker in a Batman film at some point. Yeah, Mm. he should have played Joker, really. Mm -hmm. He would have been great. Mm -hmm. He still still could could play Joker. Yeah, he still could. Would have been a better Suicide Squad pick than a Jared Leto, but that's just me. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, that's an odd choice. I don't know why they picked him. (laughs) It's just Jared Letoing all over the place strange yeah. guy uh, have, you, have you guys seen the the one that he's in the marvel that mm. what he's in morpheus, morpheus. no morpheus nope seen no. That? i heard it was terrible no. and i refused no, to watch it <laughs> yeah I've not yeah seen see it. i know morpheus from the the spider-man animated series the 90s oh yeah um the the 90s one and his he had he had the suckers Ooh. on his palms that he would Ooh. drain blood through instead of biting like a vampire which i think was supposed to be less horrifying than him just tearing people's throats right. out but in some ways became more horrifying that he had Hand these suckers. like <laughs> suction cup hands that he could drink <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah, right. hey nice to meet you thanks for coming to this meeting <laughs> oh, oh, my hand <laughs> yeah God. So uh yeah no i i i did not watch morbius i keep seeing it recommended to me and i'm like no no, no, <laughs> I don't care for it. I love vampires too, which is you know kind of a thing. I did see Werewolf by Midnight. Did you guys see that? Or Werewolf by Night? I no, it. No, That's I haven't a seen lot that yet. No, I really I want would to. recommend it. Um, it's very short. I think it's barely over an hour, or at least it felt very fast. It's very contained. It's a very okay. simple story. It's Marvel. Um, there's two versions of it. There's the black and white version, which is filmed horror-esque you know meant to elicit the old universal films of dracula and the wolfman and stuff and then there's the colorized version which you can watch if you like i i watched it in both because i was like oh this is is a fun experience i want to compare um and yeah it's got a a decent cast a a lot of fun very self-contained and i i don't know there's not much else to say about it but um it's a it's a good like quick afternoon watch basically or evening i would watch it okay it's better yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta watch horrors at night, me. Daytime horror yeah, yeah, is just, yeah. it's, it's not as good. It doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't land. No, yeah. it doesn't land. No, it doesn't hit as hard. Yeah, exactly. You want, you want to go to bed absolutely fucking yeah. terrified. Yeah, that's how I do. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. yeah, yeah. It is the best. I, I love a good horror film. Um, I'm not into gore. Mm. I don't like gore so much. I don't like, I don't like gore for the sake of right. gore. Right. You know. Like that, that, that kind of like, oh, look how gory this is! Oh, a bit more gore yeah. in it. Ugh. It's got to, ha- it's got to have like an actual reference to why it's got to that right, point. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, like, the, like the Saw films, for example. I'm not a fan of the Saw films. Mm. I like the original. Thought the original was pretty good, but the rest of them, I, I was just like, nah, I've seen the first nah. one. I think most of it. I don't even remember if I've seen all of it. But mm. yeah, I, I'm not a big thriller to to bloody gore fan either. I think I'm more in your camp. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed Poltergeist. I thought that was a, a really good film. The oh, remake the or the original? Yeah. Yeah, 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 the original's yeah. great. 
Yeah, the original is um, good. Because because that level of horror is is like a it's a really accessible right. horror that's that's like that's terrifying just because of yep. the situation. Yep. You know, and that's and that and that in itself is really powerful. You don't have to have like it's like when the um, uh, what's his name Alfred Hitchcock said that you don't you know the the terror is never with when you reveal the monster the terror is in mm-hmm. the suspense. Right. You know. Right. Very true. There's um I'm mm. although there oh, is sorry go ahead Damien. Uh, I was going to say there is, isn't there? Is it Poltergeist? There is a sequence where the guy sort of effectively peels off his own face in the mirror. Oh, I don't actually remember. To be fair, I've watched this years ago, and I've been meaning to, re- to do another rewatch. But that is, <laughs> given the rating of that movie, that sequence is. Re- he 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 goes to the mirror and he starts peeling and peeling and peeling and goes all the way to the skull and then realizes it's just a a conjuration right, of his own mind of mind right. or the haunting but yeah that's a really it's akin to the face melting Indiana scene Jones. from yep. raiders yeah someone yeah. mentioned that yesterday uh was it yesterday i don't even know what day we're on uh but whatever day i was playing in a game and someone was like describing their kill the last sort of epic thing and they said oh yeah their face melts off and i just found the gif of the, of the Ark of the covenant <laughs> and slapped it in the game and it just lived there on loop while they were describing it and people were like ew yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so dark isn't it like Ra- raiders of the lost ark that ending was so dark and, and also like the last crusade yeah. as well temple, temple of doom is really dark, dark too reaching. oh, they, oh yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're ripping out the uh, hearts yeah right of course i yeah i ooh, the insect scene in um in temple of doom is the one that gets me where she like has all the bugs in her hair i'm like nope Nope, 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 nope. Oh, yeah, I'll watch a yeah, hundred yeah, hearts yeah, yeah. be ripped out before I have to go through that cave with all the giant insects in it. No thanks. Yeah. Speaking of, isn't it kind of to to tangentially tie all of this together? Wasn't it Alfred Molina that yep. had the spiders on his back mm-hmm. at the beginning of Raiders? That was, he was a uh, baby who, course, in that. He was so young. I just rewatched yeah. that scene not long ago, and I was like, "Oh, it's Alfred Molina! Look at him! He's so young!" And then, and then, <laughs> even to, Rob, to your point. That was him when, mm. when you know, he dies. Uh, what's his name? I don't know, Sanchez, something like that. Something with an S. Um, when Indiana Jones is running away from the boulder just before that, he, Alfred Molina's character, gets caught in the traps and the body sort of, not double, but like the, the kind of mannequin or the dummy that they had to be his dead self is like viscerally eviscerated. Like you see the spikes running through him and his face is all contorted. It is kind of grotesque. It's almost oh, horror-esque. Gosh. Yeah. Mm. Similar to the, to the melting. Yeah. Scene. And I think Indiana Jones is PG, isn't it? Pretty sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they they clearly didn't watch the fucking thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, there's a guy in the tomb. Yeah, okay, well, it's, uh, PG, uh, yeah, PG. <laughs> it's definitely not PG. Like, I, it must be like, surely it's like, a, it must be 15 it now, still, uh, ooh, I don't, hmm. 12 no, it's still PG, according to IMDb. How's oh, that? Oh, good God. <laughs> so yeah, kids, go watch a face melting scene at the end of that. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's that's totally yeah. terrifying that scene. The ghosts flying yep, around yep. and stuff. Forgot about that. Yeah. Oh god. I remember. I remember seeing it being like, uh, uh, oh, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> as a little kid, just being like, being like, oh my god, where the hell did this come from? <laughs> my god. Um, I, we don't need to. We don't need to tangent uh, off of this at all. But the mm. the video game just got shown i for indiana see, jones seen trailers yep oh and yeah man it looks yeah, so it looks good very so indiana good jones. it looks like you're watching one of the movies honestly the only problem i'm gonna have uh, and this is no slight to him because he's insanely talented but i i can hear troy yeah, baker yeah he's and that's not a slight because he does job, sound like though. yeah he is he is doing a good job but i because i'm so familiar with him yeah because he's done um, every from, video from game so many of ever. his projects right. yeah I can hear him in it. I could understand yeah. somebody not right. hearing him. Again, I'm not slighting his performance at all. He does sound like Harrison Ford. He has that that drawl, but I can hear mm-hmm. him in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure I'll be able to get past it. I am it, honestly but, um... surprised. Well, no, I'm not surprised. I'm grateful that they did not go the path of AI for Harrison Ford. Because they... Absolutely. They 100% yeah. could have just taken all their Harrison Ford material, fed it into machine and be like, Read the or, or 
Yeah. I'll have a voice actor read these lines, and now you just dub it with the Harrison Ford voice. And they could have easily done that. They did the not word. need mm, that yeah. bad press. Yeah, yeah. And and Harrison Harrison Ford is definitely one of those actors that you know he just loves his payday. So he'll probably quite happily sell his sell himself. Yeah, as, yeah. he loves like his, his AI version, his license. I actually just learned yeah, that he didn't exactly. really care for the Star Wars films. I never knew that. No, yeah. he, no, he didn't didn't care about him. You know, hates hates talking about them. Like hates people bringing them up. He, said yes he just to thinks the, it's just to like the new to the new one to um, the Force Awakens because they handed Disney him a check. check that Disney money. Yeah, they handed him I a think, check. He wanted to get he, a payday. He st- I think he stipulated as well that, um, as well as obviously probably a massive paycheck. He also stipulated that uh, Han Solo not make it through. Yeah, the new yeah, movies. yeah, yeah. Um, well, he wanted he wanted that in the he wanted that in the originals. Yeah, as he well. did. Yeah, he wanted to be killed off. Like, what the hell does that? What does that all about? Like it's the same. So you don't want to act <laughs> in these films. You don't want to be in. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, cool. Mean... And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a shame because like you do find that like I've like there's a couple of Netflix shows, um, and I would say probably the uh, the new Rings of Power Lord of the Rings uh, TV show. The actors that have been cast in it don't believe what they're doing. You know, you can yeah. see it. You can see it in their performances. Sad. They don't. They don't care enough about about mm. the material to really, really deliver. Because like no matter like nowadays, no matter what you're in, you could get an Emmy, you could get a Golden Globe, you could get an Oscar. If you deliver a sure. fucking good performance, sure. it doesn't matter. Doesn't it doesn't matter. have to be it doesn't an matter. Film. It doesn't have to be a high drama film. It could be anything. You're right. Yeah, you could be, yeah, you could no, be totally. Ryan Gosling in Barbie and playing Ken yeah. in an Oscar <laughs> nomination. Okay, we won't we won't unpack that here in the podcast. That's a separate conversation. That is a messed up situation. <laughs> yeah, right. But anyway, there's no denying that Viggo Mortensen threw himself in. Yeah. I mean, they all did for the the original trilogy of Lord of the Rings, but Viggo for sure was in yeah. that role. Oh, he, he was. He was. Can you believe it wasn't? He was him? committed. Can you believe it was Stuart Townsend for for a brief amount of time and then Vigo showed was, up on the yeah. first day of shooting as he replaced Stuart Townsend. Can you believe it? that's yeah. nuts. That's nuts. Wow, yep. really? And why did they replace Stuart uh, Townsend? Stuart Townsend was being difficult to work with. That I've literally just read this last really? night. Yep. Um I, I've known it from before, oh, but wow. I, I came across my feed again. And um it, apparently he didn't want to do any of the like extracurricular stuff. He didn't want to train. He didn't want to learn how to sword fight. He didn't want to you know, practice on horseback. He just wanted to show up and shoot. And ultimately Peter was like, that's not the attitude for this film. And I, <laughs> I'm finding him difficult to work with. So unfortunately he's going to get replaced. What a yeah. cock. Yeah. And, and honestly, <laughs> because like, cause like, cause like so many actors would throw oh themselves God, at that. You know, they'd be they'd be like, "Fuck yeah, I'll learn a horse ride. I'll fucking learn a fucking sword fight." I I don't know. Maybe Lord of the Rings was the movie that did this, but to scoff at fantasy or science fiction, uh, a project just because it doesn't have real world stakes is no longer viable. And I think maybe Lord of the Rings was the Mm. was the film trilogy that proved that like you shouldn't do this anymore. Like you can't treat these movies like a joke because they can catapult careers and there are millions of fans out there for these kinds of things. And you can take something nerdy and ridiculous and make it beautiful and look at Marvel and look at everything. And and not that they're the criterion collection, obviously, but nonetheless, there are great moments in that and great people have had great careers coming off of those films. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. A good, a good friend of mine, actually, he played, um, uh, uh, Lucifer's son in Supernatural, and he's in a he's in like a bunch of episodes, um, but he's not he's not like he's worked since mm. as an actor. But his he bought a house off the money that he makes yeah. from conventions, just from the just conventions, going to conventions, yeah. signing Honestly, signing that's, autographs. That's an actor's dream. That's literally it, what he does. Like, you know, having yeah. have, uh, my, at least mine to be involved in in a franchise mm. where I can bring something to life for millions of fans that are super into it and maybe it's not my thing like i've never been interested in percy jackson the series for instance i've heard people tell me i should get into it sure because i'm big on mythology but if i was offered that role i'd, I'd deliver i i don't know i'm you know speaking in, in yeah in well, well not a it's, famous actor it's, so <laughs> it's funny sex my part my partner charlotte's in secret invasion um and what? she um no, Do you don't know that. Yeah, she's what? in Secret Invasion. Oh, yeah, she's in Secret Invasion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she plays. She she plays. She plays. She plays Soren. She plays um, 
the mum of uh, Amelia. Oh Clark's my character. god! Wait, I'm freaking out. Really? Oh, that's so cool. But but so, so, so listen to this. So when in the lead up to it, in the lead up to her filming when she got the role, well before before she even got the role, I was like every Saturday night she was like, "What do you want to do?" I was like, "Let's watch the chronological order of the Marvel films. That'd be cool." And she's like, "Nah, nah, nah. I'm not interested in that. I'm not watch this." <laughs> I was like, come uh -huh. on. I was like, I, you'll love them. Like, Endgame's supposed to be amazing. Please, let's just watch them. And she's like, no, 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 no. And then she has this audition. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, actually, yeah, maybe I'll watch them. So she watches them <laughs> all the way through. And then um, and then she obviously she gets right. the job and she's and she's like amazed and stuff. But her she acted with Samuel Jackson. So she shares, well, in, in the filming of it, she shares lines, lines with Samuel Jackson and Samuel Jackson, sorry. And there's a death scene with her and Ben Mendelssohn but those scenes all got oh, cut. And, and the annoying thing is, is, in the episode that she's in, she's literally just stood there with a, with a younger version of Amelia right. Clark. Doesn't and, have any lines. And that's ah. literally her. And she's no in lines. disguise, of course. That's, she's a, a, scroll, that's a scene. Right? Yeah, well, she, she turns from a scroll into herself. So you oh, see okay, her as okay. herself. So she is, she, is, right. she is there. But there's like a whole scene that she had. There's a whole, like, all, scene, cut. all cut. All cut yeah. the last. Yeah. yeah, all cut. Well, yeah. Then I won't shame. talk she's secret invasion well here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 unfortunately it's not, I don't, I didn't yeah, like it did not really yeah. hit the mark. No. Maybe if they kept those scenes that were cut, it would have been better, right? They were they were under a lot of pressure from the Marvel community to move it back to a very serious, dark mm -hmm. undertone because they didn't like the fact that it was going to kooky comedy esque with like with like and she hulk and stuff um, from there yeah right. it was all it was all very like comedy sort of but so they 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 wanted to go back to a darker setting and yeah. and it's it well just listen the premise uh, the premise yeah. was there i don't know what and and the star talent was there i don't know where they went wrong with between ben yeah. mendelson and samuel l jackson and charlotte baker jesus christ i mean like <laughs> yeah right um, but it's funny because a, a, a friend of mine who, uh, well, I say he's a friend of mine. He was a friend of mine. He is actually the ex-boyfriend of a friend, a ah, very good friend of mine. Um, he, of uh, you know, King, you know, you know, King Kingsley, uh, Kingsley. him, Kingsley, Kingsley? Plays, uh, Kingsley, the guy who plays the main bad guy. Oh yeah, 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 in yeah. Secret You're Vision. Right. Oh, oh, yeah, he's oh, in, he's in the OA. He's in the oh, OA. Yeah, Kingsley. He, he's yeah. He, he was also in the Barbie movie as well. <laughs> but, yeah, funny. but he's um. Oh wow. Yeah, but I know I know him quite Damn. well. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a lot. I've got a lot of dirt. I got I'm a lot of dirt, sure, on, of dirt sure. on him as well. Turn that whole Which man's career upside down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's cool though. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I, I had a thought. Wait, I was going to bring this back to to TTRPGs and stuff. Um, with with a thought, I cool. forget. Ah, we'll get back to it. Oh, oh, it was it was about Secret Invasion. And it was about the plot. So, um. <clears throat> Mm. I'll save it for our Tales from the Table official segment because Damien, I don't even think we ever officially finished the news, did we? <laughs> uh, did no, we, we, we did all the D and D cool. stuff. There was a couple of uh, releases we can save right. for another another Fair. one. Okay, cool. Let's mm. let's do let's do okay. Tales from the Tables because we don't have much time. I got to shoot off in in like oh okay, uh, I'll five make minutes. this super quick. So, yeah. Um, as best as I can, but trying to do it justice. So, um, starting with a, a submission that we have, which was from our lovely Chris. At in in our um, obviously in, yeah. shout out to Chris. Uh, I'm struggling to find it right now. Hold on. <laughs> uh, there's been so much movement on it. There it is. Um, so Chris shares this story. Yes, um, during a private game for lawyers, one played a GIF fighter, not a GIF fighter. So not the GIF Yankee or GIFs arrive, but GIF, aka the hippo people from space that are basically soldiers. Um, got fed up with the eccentric quest giver, used a charge ability, and then stomped his face into the mud. <laughs> the quest quickly became get out of the haunted clock tower as a menacing poltergeist attacked you after that. I've been there. <laughs> Great. When you're like, when you have this, everything basically banks and relies on having a good NPC or, or the NPC being trusted by the party and then the party just doesn't buy into that your whole fabric mm. starts unraveling very quickly and if they kill that npc you're like well uh i have this random encounter that we can do for the next 30 minutes <laughs> yeah uh, i feel that yeah. it's a source of great pain um i've had it in the past where i've intended for an npc to be uh you know not threatening and and 
just saying the wrong mm. thing or giving it the wrong intonation and all of a sudden the players are like, I yep. hate that guy. Yep. Yep. You never know. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Always have a backup plan is what I've learned. Always get another way Absolutely. to have the team get to their objective and keep the story on track. Because if it's the an NPC they don't like, then that's, that's, that's not something you can fix. <laughs> Um, but mm. so uh, my tale from the table, I'm very excited to share with you guys because I've been looking forward to this for the past few days. Um, so last time we talked and recorded, I told you I had this idea about having this party um, deal with a Lamia and, and they were, yeah. they, you know, they TPK'd or TPU'd to her because she had uh, produced an illusion. And my idea was like, maybe, we start the next session not picking up exactly where we left off, but certain time has passed and it wasn't clear how much time had passed and they were serving. I took this idea and ran with it. And you guys, we probably had one of the best sessions of D&D I remember playing in a good long time. I It was so <laughs> intricate and so much fun. So first of all, I, I had versions of their characters. Basically, I hid their real character sheets and I copied and gave them fake versions of their characters that only had two action abilities, praise and serve. And I gave them little snippet descriptions like, you can praise Kirket, the name of the Lamia, uh, by bowing to her, calling out her name, worshiping, going prostrate, etc. Right. So that's one action you can take. And then the serve one was, you can serve uh, Kirkette by uh, doing these mundane tasks, fanning her, and applying her daily massage oils, etc. You know that kind of thing. Because she was sort of running like a <laughs> harem esque kind of thing, and in her uh, in her little abandoned temple. And I had I and we started with about a twenty minute sort of um, touch in. Right, I'm like it's another beautiful day in the Emerald Gardens of Kirkette. You wake up eager to serve and praise, and they bought into it. They weren't like, "Well, that's not what my character." Would do. No, they they fully gave themselves in. They were like, "Oh." they started wandering around and trimming the garden and, and refilling the water pools and things like this. And, and I, and it started just with very mundane stuff. And then slowly stakes were added. So one of the, one of the guys, our tiefling barbarian was in charge of preparing meals for croquette and croquette's a lamia. She eats people. So uh, he was in charge of bringing in prisoners and bringing them down to the kitchens to the chefs and the cooks and the person that he brought in was an npc they all recognized a young girl that he started dragging and that sort of snapped him you know he started having bizarre thoughts he's like wait a minute i recognize you you know um and and she slowly started to come to and she was like iridak is that you? You know, just starting to play on his emotions. And little by little, he started to come out of the trance or the enchantment. Likewise with the other two players, they had their own things that were sort of bringing them out of their enchantments, their backstory related stuff, basically, right? One of them has a symbiote, a la Venom. The other one has a living shadow, which is actually the soul of her sister, etc. So once they fully kind of broke the enchantment over them and regained their normal knowledge and selves. They started to panic. They were like, oh my God, we've done this so much. Um, what do we do? They went to the basement. They started trying to get their old equipment back. They, they literally, they spent about 20 minutes trying to decide how best to get into the storeroom that had the chest with their stuff because the chest was magically trapped. And it felt traditional old school D&D, like the real fear of opening a chest because who knows what might happen. And mm. they had nothing, you know, they didn't have access to their abilities. They didn't have their usual gear. It wasn't that they could just magic their way out of that situation. And it ended up so beautiful. And ultimately they confronted Kirkette. They slayed her after an intense battle where stakes were high and resources were tough. And you know, the, the minions were all sent away and the enchantment was overall broken and the illusion on the palace was gone and it um, revealed it as a sort of decayed sandstone ruin. And it was just such an epic little arc for a nothing encounter that started that way. And I was like, thank you guys. Thanks, James, Damien and Rob for encouraging me to do it because it really paid off. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. That's so good oh, to hear it went, that it went well. Wonderfully. Wonderfully. So. Uh, mm -hmm. great stuff i wish great that on stuff. everybody and i and i say to all dms who listen take risks with um with players that you can trust have fun with the setup mm. of things don't 
take for granted or rather don't feel pigeon held into playing the game exactly as designed. Don't think that if you if you briefly take away a party's resources, if they are able to buy into it, if you trust them to sort of act along with it and they trust you back, it will pay off tenfold. Yeah. Great. Yeah, absolutely. It's good advice. Yeah, fab. Well, we're going to have to leave it there, I'm afraid, guys. Um, I've just, um, Damien, you may have noticed, I've just set you up with a uh, Roldark email address. So you now are Damien at roldark.co.uk. And uh, so what I'm thinking, what I'm thinking is moving forward, we should, like I said before, we should interact Mm. more with our listeners. And I think also with... um, would you guys be happy with listeners sending you stuff? So like Damien sending you things for the news or JC yeah. sending you their own please, tales from their tables? Do. Yeah. Okay, cool. So at the moment, what we've been doing is we've been we've been sharing tales from the tables from um, ourselves and obviously other Roldark DMs. But listeners, if you've got your own tales you'd like to uh, share, please email JC. At Roldark, yep. JC at Roldark. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. And then if there's any news, you can email them to damien at rolldark.co.uk if there's any news that you think that uh, would be worth sort of shouting about. And yeah, we'll give you guys a shout out in the podcast. And yeah, it's been nice to kind of get you guys involved, I think. For sure. Well, looking forward to more. Looking forward to it, yeah. Excellent. Nice one. Well, thanks to my co-hosts, Damien and JC. and you. uh, You will hear us again next week. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.